for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Wet time on your Friday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Congratulations, you have made it. Another weekend is here. Russell, Bear, Houston, live from Volunteer Auto Group. Send things back to the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios where Tucker Harlan is standing by. Tucker, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Tennessee running backs coach Jerry Mack is expected to head to the NFL coaching ranks. He is being targeted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the deal could be done within the next 24 hours per John Bryce. Yeah, interesting timing right now. Usually these these staffs are, are complete, but um, we're, we're seeing a lot of this in college football, with not only assistants but head coaches on the move in February, mid-February, which is just odd, but I, I mean, I, I think that these guys are just looking for uh, a lighter workload in many cases. And the NFL, hey, man, you're at home six, seven at night a lot. You don't have to recruit. And if the money's similar, you can go down there and live in Jacksonville, Florida. I guess there's worse ways to live. But it would be interesting to see where Josh Heupel goes to, to replace him because Mac's been here since day one on the staff. At number two, Tennessee heads west to take on Texas A&M tomorrow in Reed Arena. Tip-off is at 8. The game airs on ESPN. Tom Hart, Jimmy Dykes will have the call. DraftKings has announced its odds, and Tennessee is just a three-and-a-half-point favorite compared to Kim Palm's five. I'm telling you, man, like, I, I expect a rock fight. I, I, I think it's going to be hard. I think they're going to make it hard on us to score. I think we're going to make it hard on them to score. Like Wade Taylor is a volume shooter. So I, I look forward to the matchup between him and Ziegler tomorrow. That's, that's worth the price of admission to me. That's going to be a really good matchup between those two. And then just how do they handle Connect? Do they run a bunch of guys at him and double him a lot the way Kentucky did? Do they try and play him straight up? If they do that, I think he could he could go off. Uh, but if they do run a bunch of guys at him, then he's going to have to distribute mm-hmm. more and somebody else is going to have to step up. Big Adu game, maybe. Could be. I have to check. Are they are they big on the inside? Well, they got that Henry Coleman kid. Uh, he's pretty good. And he's been hurt a lot this year, right? Uh, that's Marble, uh, Julius Marble, that hadn't oh. played for them. But um, he'll be pretty tough. And they got another guy that can rebound the ball well. He doesn't score as much. Uh, Anderson Garcia is his name. They bring him in off the bench. They were picked to finish second in the league, I want to say, by the AP or the coaches coming into the year. Yeah, so they, they were, were supposed to be good. They were a top 25 team at the beginning of the season, and I certainly thought they would be, but here we are. They, they struggled out of the gate in conference play, but I, I still think they're going to be a tough out night in and night out. Uh, it, all that matters is what they are tomorrow, and I'm, I'm anticipating a tough one. At number th- overrated, though, I think. Very inefficient volume shooter. Hmm. Hope you're not tempting the wrath of the whatever high top the thing. At number three, uh, it is Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl 58 will be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas between the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. Kickoff on Sunday is at 6.30 and the game is on CBS. Right now, San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite over Kansas City. I would there there is an outcome that 
Vegas is like would really hurt Vegas in the sports book. What is it? One point forty uh, niners win. Really, seventy percent of the money's come in for the Chiefs, and they've been a two point underdog. So for if the Niners win, but the Chiefs cover. Plus, they would also have to pay out all the San Francisco futures, mm. all those bets as well. So what they want, they want, you know, they want San Francisco to win by a touchdown or right, field goal, win, yeah, win by, you know, at least two. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like early on everyone said, "Oh, you can't bet against Mahomes. You can't bet against Mahomes." I feel like too many people kind of bought into that. They're forgetting the Niners are just pretty damn good. Yeah, but all that money's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just stayed on the Chiefs, but they haven't really the whatever the I guess the line hadn't moved at all. Adam, at number four, some college basketball games to keep an eye on this weekend. There's just one ranked matchup nationally. That's between number thirteen Baylor and number four Kansas. They'll be meeting in the fog. In the SEC, we've already talked about Kentucky and Gonzaga playing each other. Uh, Number 16, Alabama, has a rematch at LSU. Number 12, Auburn, goes down to Florida. And Tennessee's next opponent, not Texas A&M, Arkansas, hosts Georgia, which had already lost to in Athens earlier this season. Boy, Arkansas-Georgia, that game broke out in my driveway. I might close the curtains. (laughs) That Auburn-Florida game will be... It's in Gainesville, correct? It is. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a sneak attack waiting to happen if Auburn doesn't come out ready. Yeah, what time Arkansas, is that? Georgia. Count me out. Sorry, busy. Um, let me take a look. Auburn and Florida is at. It is at three thirty. Hmm. Auburn. Who was, who was the coach at Florida ten years ago? It was Billy Donovan, right? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Who um. Uh, who does Bama have, Tucker? LSU, LSU. down there. LSU's been tough to play at down at the PMAC this year. Definitely a good Need thing it. Tennessee played them at home. Need some help. Yeah, another loss for Bama would be big. Is their point guard going to be able to play? I wonder. Point guard. LSU's point guard that didn't play against us. I can't remember the kid's name. Jalen Cook? I just told you I don't know his name. I just know he's their <laughs> point guard. He, was, he did not play against us, Tucker. All right. We'll see. And finally, at number five, diaper-wearing adults looking for a safe place can now head to the diaper spa in Atkinson, New Hampshire that caters to the needs of all diaper lovers. Okay, Tucker. (laughs) Set up by physician Dr. Colleen Murphy, the diaper spa seeks to serve all diaper-wearing individuals above the age of 21 looking for acceptance and care or simply for a safe place to engage in richly immersive experiences that involve adult diapers. Immersive is one way to say it. I mean, these are people get together wearing, like, depends, or... Will Butch Jones be in attendance? I don't know. That's a good question. We should probably ask him. What, too far? Too much? No, I mean, I'm just thinking like, hey, man, everybody's got their thing. And, I mean, if, if you want to, what, what do they call this? Diaper con? Yeah. I mean, far be it from me, we're not really. Hey, man, shaming on go, go ahead and, and do your thing. I, I think I'll stay so, uh, underpants. Weird question. I know they wear the diaper. 
Do they yes. use the diaper? Oh, okay. I don't know about that, but they act like I think they... Right. Yeah, there is a diaper real. changing time listed in activities you here. Wear one, you might as well. Thank you, Tucker. Let's just move along here. We appreciate you. I'm not sure our friends at Volunteer Auto Group do right now, but uh, we appreciate them for having us out here. Your one-stop shop destination for quality vehicles at unbeatable prices. And uh, even though the weather's not so great right now, I'm telling you folks, if you're in the market for a car, you come out and cruise around through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs this weekend. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today right here at Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. 1501 Callahan Drive, and they're online at Auto. Dot com, a, a sleek-looking website, as Houston and I were checking out earlier today. Very nice. Well done there. Hour three of the drive, our final fan run offering. We do have uh, overtime bill and the boys coming up next from six until eight. <laughs> On many of these affiliates, of course, we'll have voluntary reaction as soon as the game is over tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And um, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think Tucker had it in the top five there. The, the the big news today in the world of college football is that Chip Kelly has left UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. He had it in the four. It's been replaced by diapers. Um, <laughs> you got to prioritize the news. Well, news is news, and it, it moves fast. That is, you. I know we talked about him. You know, the <laughs> look centric. Not the biggest recruiter. You wonder if this is maybe the biggest domino to fall first, and then you maybe see some more of this. Well, you're going to see a domino effect uh, depending on who gets the UCLA sure, job. Sure. And, they, and they'll have a staff to fill out, and that'll have ripple effects. So I, I'm just trying to put myself, if I'm the athletics director at UCLA, you know, what, what do I need going into the Big Ten next year you thought you had the big name in UCLA. I mean, I thought that was a home run hire. We tried to hire him. Florida tried yeah. to hire him. And he goes to UCLA and think, well, I mean, like, good for UCLA. They're going to take him football serious again. Yeah. And he just never could the, get it going. Yeah, maybe, maybe an eight and four there or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he had a, he had a, he had a couple of really good starts. And it's just, people were just kind of, he had, the fan base was like, Completely apathetic. Yeah. They couldn't draw flies at a game out there. In the one season they started off, it was like that, like Iron Dome heat. The heat dome thing was over Southern Cali. It was mm -hmm. like 120 degrees. Oh, no, some of those crowd shots from their games since he's been there. Very Vandy-esque. I mean, like, yeah, worse than spring game crowds. Yeah. Bad stuff. Well, that's the thing in L.A. If you're bad, people just don't show up. Huh. Eight and four in 2021, nine and four in 2022, eight and five this past season. He had three consecutive losing seasons to start there, so it didn't exactly hit the ground running. He finishes his career 35 and 34 at UCLA with a 26-26 and 26 conference record. Just completely meh. During a time when that conference has not been particularly great, they've been top-heavy, but 500, yeesh. It's pretty rough, man. Well, I, I'll be interested to see because I, I, I don't think he ever had the players there. He He's going to have the players at Ohio State. So sure. is he going to be able to recapture that? I mean, you remember Chip Kelly offense at Oregon in the early 2010s. Like, yeah, I mean, that was just 
beep, beep, just all over the place. Yeah. Me every week, and and nobody could slow it down. Uh, so I I wonder if he's going to be able to get that going again. And I mean th- that will be an interesting style. And I know that we've seen some more wide open offenses in the Big Ten here lately. And you know the stereotype of like everybody playing like Iowa is not necessarily um, true anymore. But uh, like they've never had a an up tempo offense like that. I don't think. Urban Meyer, uh, they, they were they were pretty they were pretty good. Yeah. But if, if, if he's going to play like they did back then, then that'll be something that league hasn't really seen. That bode well probably for uh, Dallin Hayden staying there. Does anyone in that league really run tempo? Not like that. Well, Ohio and, State's and, been more, more spread than most in that league, but I don't, I don't recall a team just with tempo and the way he would attack, and it was more similar to what we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not, not quite to that tempo, obviously, yeah. but, yeah, he, he liked to go fast and push – who were the running bit. backs he had out there at Oregon? Uh, well, I mean, he had the Mamba on the on the outside. The Anthony Arnett. The receiver. Some of the other skill players. Was it LaMichael James? Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, Help I, us out, Tucker. I felt like for 12 years in a row, they had a 5'9 running back that could run a 4'2'2". Yeah. LeGarrette um, Blunt. Yeah, then they had, then they had the bowling ball come in. When did Blunty like knock that guy out? Dude, after knocked, the game? knocked his eyes crooked. For Boise State after yeah. that one, that was. <laughs> was he provoked? Like, what did the guy from Boise State do? Before? Yeah, he ran up and like tapped him on the shoulder and started saying something, and Blunt just dropped him. I mean, timber. Kenyon Barner. Is another name. Barner, yeah, that's another one. Barner the Burner. Dude, all these guys built the same. Like 5'9", 5'10", 185 pounds, but you get them on the edge, done. Kind of like what Tennessee's been doing. A little doing. bit. It's yeah. similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun. 865-546-8200 if you want to get up with us here this afternoon on the drive. 546-8200, your number to join the festivities as we do the thing live this afternoon at Volunteer Auto Group on a rainy Friday here in East Tennessee. Quick timeout. We'll be back with more of your phone calls right after this. The Drive. Are you in need of a smoke? Fan Run Radio, Friday afternoon edition of the show. Getting ready for a huge sports weekend with Tennessee basketball tomorrow. Of course, Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday. We're live today at Volunteer Auto Group, Russell, Bear, Houston, and Tucker Harlan. Ready to greet you as you call in this afternoon, 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon, 546-8200. If you want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you as we break things down this afternoon here on the program. Interesting, uh, Barry, you were telling me Will Anderson wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm upset about this, Russ. Byron Young, who was what, what was he third round pick? Yep, of the Rams. Mm-hmm. 
and can we do we have the statistical comparison here? Because this shot this blew me away when I heard it. Let me pull it up for you. I had it earlier. Now I've lost it. I did too because I, I forgot. I didn't think he was going to go to it. Essentially, Byron Young way outperformed him. I, I would not have guessed that. I, I know Anderson was – they were both very good. I, I did not realize that Byron Young had that good of a rookie season. Okay, yeah, here it is. Okay, so uh, Will Anderson's stats, solo tackles 29, total tackles 45, sacks 7, uh, forced fumble, fumble recovery 0. Okay, Byron Young, solo tackles 42. As compared to how many for? 29. Wow. So, getting closing in on double. Total tackles, 61. As compared to 45. Mm -hmm. uh, he had eight sacks, which is one more. He forced two fumbles to zero and recovered one of them. Wow. He, I mean, he was a beast, dude. And it was because he played on, I think part of it was, you know. Aaron Donald freed up him to make plays freed him up a little uh, to make plays but he's in that west coast market yeah late window that and the rams weren't that competitive this year so most of the country didn't see him a whole lot it's the only thing i could chalk it up to either that or first or third pick overall bias i mean but i don't know edge rusher you man <laughs> I, yeah i know will anderson's good and all but i mean darn it right pretty much um neutered him last year he didn't do anything against us oh good good for the good for the um for the rams to get that kind of value in the in the third round they've got to be feeling pretty darn good about that even if he doesn't get the individual accolades oh here's one for you he apparently he tied aaron donald's team sacks record as a rookie God, i did not realize he was that good and he did not make the pro bowl uh, they said apparently he hit a wall at some point in the season, and it kind of dropped, and then he came back a little bit later, which is actually, you know, it's to be expected. But I'll tell you, another one who got no respect was another Ram for Offensive Rookie of the Year, your guy. Puka? Puka Nuka? Who won it? Uh, I think it's Stroud, which, well, don't they do one for the AFC, one for the NFC? I don't think so. It, it, man, it, it, it's hard to... Yeah, that's gotta be hard to pass up, Puka. I, I, I will give. He had a really good year as a rookie quarterback. So this is an interesting stat. I was just looking this up. So Will Anderson played 590 snaps. Byron Young played 969. So I, the stats are better. He also played almost twice the snaps. Yeah, I mean about 400 more snaps. So but what, getting, what's more got... valuable to be on the field that much or production is production? That's what at I'm the end saying. Of the day. Like it was Will Anderson. A little, much, a little too much of a tweener to see as much action. I mean, that, not to mention, like, the, the Texans were a good team this year. I mean, 900 steps. I mean, he didn't, he didn't leave the field. No, what you, basically. What do you average in the NFL? About 60-something 60, 60 snaps a game? He averaged 57 snaps a game. That puts him, for defensive players in the league, that's fifth most in the league. Number one, Max Crosby. Number two, uh, Daniel Hunter. Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Byron Young. Played so, the fifth most defensive snaps in the league. 
Hey, he'll get paid on his next contract. That's, if he keeps that's that valuable, up. man. That's availability. I mean, if they're mentioning your name in the same breath with Hutchison and uh, all those guys. Thibodeau, yeah, yeah absolutely. Thibodeau. Crosby. Cry, yeah, definitely. Well, we have, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the new White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios that we're building in West Knoxville and the impending move, which is uh, coming up sooner than later. is probably going to be a hiccup or two, you know. We've seen this happen before. Like It's technology. What are you going to yeah, do? Ho- hopefully it goes smoothly. All I know is this. We will not be dealing with the problems that WJLX in Jasper, Alabama <laughs> have dealt with. Hopefully. Namely, the theft of their 200-foot, 61-meter radio transmitting tower. I'm sorry? Somebody stole their tower. Somebody stole their, basically stole their entire station as well. Thieves made off with the 200-foot tower shutting down WJLX radio in Jasper, Alabama. So far, no arrests have been made. JLX General Manager Brett Elmore said, quote, the slogan of our station is the sound of Walker County, and right now with our station down, the community community has lost its sound and lost its voice. And the FCC won't let them roll their FM transmitter without the AM. Theft was discovered February 2nd when a maintenance crew arrived in the wooded area where the tower once stood and found it was gone. <laughs> They also found that every piece of broadcasting equipment stored in a nearby building had also been stolen. You say 200 feet? Yeah. So that's, not, is that, that's not taller than ours, is it? I don't think so. The station had no insurance on the tower or the equipment, and the GM estimates that it could take sixty grand to $100,000 to rebuild. They started to go fund me. Insurance. How do you not have insurance? Wait, they did? You, no. have, you have to know what the GoFundMe's called? Uh, um, it doesn't say what it's called. I mean, I would assume it's something about WJLX. They've raised more than $1,100, so they're getting there. Should we try and help them? <laughs> oh, here, I found it. Uh, let's see what they're up to now. Oh, 1600 now. Could you imagine? Of the $60,000 goal. Just pulling in the fan run and... I mean, like if that happened, I feel <laughs> the like the tower's it gone and the building's while empty. While we were on air, <laughs> we would know it. What do you do with a 200-foot radio tower? Like, how do you make off with that? I would say they would cut it up, and they're probably scrappers. They can be all shredded up. I mean, what, you can't go pirate radio with that thing. Seems dangerous taken down too. I mean, I'm assuming it's sectioned off, right? Like, if you take, would you start at the top, or would you? I don't know. How do you get past the, the, the thing that would scare me the most are those uh, incredibly long, incredibly thick, like steel cables <laughs> that tether it to the ground. Yeah, yeah, the guy wires definitely tear a yeah. man in half. Yeah, how do you go about cutting those? I bet they make a cool sound, though. Yeah. Like when the T Rex gets out in Jurassic Park. It's like. <laughs> yeah. You think That's I could it. take down that tower without killing myself? No. I think you'd find a way, though. I got to show you the picture of the tower, though. Anytime somebody says the uh, fan run bomb shelter is dated, I want you to think of what uh, WJLX and what they had working. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like an outhouse. Wow, that's uh, almost as palatial as ours. They probably uh, do. Yeah, they probably don't even have running water. Well, we do. We just pull up the fan run one day. <laughs> and it's gone. 
So it's a so the tower is very isolated, I guess, from anything. Sounds like, like it's all, out in the woods. That's it's probably on top of some hill somewhere. And no one noticed the truck after truck after truck going up the dirt road to piece off this tower. Two hundred foot tower. Well, not just that, but they got all their equipment stolen. Mm-hmm. Like the transmitter. It had to have been somebody knew what they were doing, right? You would think so. Maybe a rival state. What if it's all it's all a ruse? He wanted to get out. He's looking for a great Jasper radio war going on. <laughs> I don't nah. Just pass. Justin, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. Hey guys. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you. Hey, uh, uh go to the sorry, uh, I'm I don't know who you guys are talking about at the moment, uh, but uh, going to Super Bowl snacks, uh, definitely the uh, the Little Smokies wrapped in bacon uh, made in uh, brown sugar. I don't know if you guys have ever had it, but it's yeah. delicious. People were, there were a couple of people very mad that we did not mention pigs and blankets. That's such a good one. Yes, pigs and blankets? Yeah. Um, I like Little Smokies and, and blankets. Oh, just, just those little... Um, like if you're ever doing a shrimp boil or crawfish boil, and you have the, those little what do you those, those, those little weenies? Oh, kite, yeah, smoke, oh, little smokies, yeah. those cocktail weenies, outstanding. Yeah, those are good. Um, earlier earlier in the show, you were talking about uh, the four year contract for athletes and everything, and uh, I I I had the chance to play college football, and and it's a yearly you get a yearly contract is what it is, and that's the way it's always been. So, I mean, I think, you know, the NCAA has pretty much set this stuff up for themselves and all the colleges and, and you know, that that they're only doing a year-to-year for uh, for athletes. They probably, so if something happened um, along the way, it would be a lot easier to uh, to let the athlete go um, from the contract. So, Was it Tommy Tuberville who first kind of challenged that when he got to Auburn and he basically cut a, a, a bunch of people and, you know, and that was his logic is like, look, I mean, the, the scholarship is really a year to year deal, which he was correct. But there had always just sort of been an understanding that it's like, if you sign a scholarship with a college football program, it's, it's a four year commitment on the part, part of the university. And as long he, as you held up you know, going to class and all that. Yeah. And I think it was Tuberville kind of blew that up whenever that was. 50 yeah. Yeah. It really depended on what your coach, because uh, I mean, it's, it, it depends on how they sell it and, and and how much integrity the coach has, and you know that. I'm not sure the integrity piece is a lot of. Uh, it's probably not a lot of that flying around in the industry. Um, but uh, I live here in Missouri now, and uh, and they passed a law, I would say, last year that if you uh, if you go to an in-state school, you can start collecting your NIL in high school. I don't think any other state's doing that right now. Well, uh, California is. There, I mean, there's. A, I mean, that gets to the heart of the the deal with Nico, which is you know, in, in California, amateur athletes, uh, high schoolers can can sign NIL contracts and been col- and start collecting on that. No, but I remember when Missouri, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. passed that. Eli went out and got like two five stars in the next two weeks because they could get paid oh, immediately. There were a couple of guys that we were mm-hmm. yep. in heavy with this past recruiting cycle that ended up going to Mizzou yep. because essentially they could get paid, you know, eight months sooner there right. than right. if they had come here. 
Yeah, the defensive lineman out of like north of Kansas City, who's a five star, he's legit, yeah. and uh, and and I think that Tennessee probably had a good shot. But once they passed that law, um, everyone knew he was going to go to Mizzou. Well, but, um, yeah, and, and I, I I'll say this is like, oh my gosh, Phil's takes on on uh, Rick Barnes borderline ridiculous. Every single time, because we, we're so lucky to have him as a coach. <laughs> Borderline. He well, said he's yeah, tired no, of no, no. It's at that moment. I'm like, I got to turn it off. This guy's pissing me off. I, I, I think he looks rather handsome down there myself with his 700 wins. <laughs> That's just me, though. Phil's I could tired. be wrong. When did he say that? Last week. Hard <laughs> looking at him. Give me cow. Okay. Good stuff, Justin. Right. Anything else? Thanks, guys. No, thanks. Appreciate it. What's the line? Hard looking at him. How cool is that uh, listener checking in from Mizzou? It's good. It's pretty good. The brand is strong. The power of the internet. We, we, we've talked to him on VR before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. We've got Missouri fans. I know that we've had Missouri folks on there. We will talk to you tomorrow on Voluntary Reaction as soon as Tennessee and A&M are done. About a 10 o'clock start time probably with the 8 o'clock tip. Yeah. Then you're nervous. I am. Maybe nervous is the I, wrong word. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not. You're ready for a bar fight. Well, I mean, listen, if, if we lose tomorrow, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the conference championship race. Sure. I just It's a crazy uh, year in the SEC and college basketball. But um, everybody's playing great at home. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of people that are just, ah, it's Texas A&M, whatever. They're, you know, penciling in a win. I'm not. We lost to these guys down there last year. The pretty good team. So I, I just think it's going to be a battle. And um, what, what, what was the latest line there, Tucker? Two, two and a half? Three and a half. Prognosticators not expecting anything different. I haven't looked much at their schedule. Uh, who have they beaten? Games. Uh, that's right. They did beat Kentucky. They beat Kentucky at home. home. No, they yeah. lost to Houston out of conference. Not a bad loss, obviously. Uh, 43rd on Ken Palm, 47th in offense, 49th in defense. They are 320th. In the, uh, nationally in adjusted tempo. So they play slow. Very slow. Tucker, am I seeing this right? They lost to Ole Miss at home? Yes, they did. That was Ole Miss's first SEC road win, and I believe the only one. I think that guy's going to win big at Ole Miss. Give him a year or two to get his players in there. Yeah, Chris Beard and Kiffin down there, man. Win. Hot bed of coaching. If you're Kiffin and UCLA calls, do you take that phone call? I take the phone call. No. Absolutely. He's a California guy. I take the call. Kiffin in the Big Ten. Worst case scenario, you pump it up for a raise from Ole Miss. I mean, he's another They don't want to lose him right now. He's got it rolling. But they've got a lot of left. I mean, Ole Miss has got so much more to offer. They're in the SEC. They're fully committed to with the Grove Collective. And that's one of the better collectives. They're a school where they want to win. UCLA, you're going out there with an apathetic fan base. Yeah, but he could 
He, he could, could rile them up. He could rile them up, at least initially. Now, you would have to – You'd have to prove it a little bit first. But you're going like, could you fit two Vaught Hemingways in the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Like I, you're I, literally I don't talking I'm, about. I don't it. even think I'm kidding. I really think you could. Uh, if he did take that job, guys, he will have been the head coach for the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> the Southern Cal, uh, Tennessee, FAU. Ole Miss, FAU, and a, how many time national championship offensive coordinator for Nick Saban? Did he just get one, and then he got fired right before the second one that they would have won, but they lost without him? When he got one, Nick locked he him out Fired of the on the practice field for taking a phone call from FAU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute, Nick. And then Coach, we're trying to run this play. <laughs> there, there's no way anybody else has had that many uh, the all-time great jobs in football. No. Tennessee, Ole Miss, Southern Cal. He's still in his prime, man. He, he's got UCLA. three or four jobs really left is. in him. <laughs> How old Oakland was he when we hired him? 33? No. Think so. Yeah. Early 30s. Oh, yeah. Like maybe 30, maybe 31, 32. Boy, Al Davis wasn't lying about him that that press conference, was he? Yeah. He's a liar. He's dishonest. On to page two. <laughs> Yeah, it was 30, 33. Was, it, was that the last appearance and last public use of an overhead projector? I think about that often. The fact that he <laughs> he had his vis-a-vis he, pens. He printed out his his speech and then had someone run around and make those those clear inverted copies. <laughs> but you, you you guys can laugh, but I learned how to do algebra and geometry off one of those suckers. Oh, so did I. Yeah. You're very uh, you laugh handy. all you want to. Uh, the calendars that. I used to book all the shows that uses those same pens. <laughs> Great. Quick timeout. Speak now. Forever hold your peace. The shocking conclusion of the drive coming up next here on Fan Run Radio. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on board. 546-8200. Back to wrap things up at Volunteer Auto Group right after this. The, the Drive. drive. Go. The drive continues. Go ahead, Barry. You want to sing a little oasis for the fans gathered here at Volunteer Auto Group? You may have to freshen that one up. I'm getting kind of tired of hearing one. Show them why they call you the songbird of your generation. Nah, nah. Feeling a little weird today, Russ. Feeling a little weird? Yeah. Getting acclimated to a new medication. Oh, dear. So That's always fun. Smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Do we need to get you a ride home? Nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> this is like yeah, I've a lot no, worse. Man, I'm That's good. what my friends say when I try and take their keys after a night of drinking. No, no. I'll be fine. <laughs> nah, bro. Uh-uh. I've, I've pulled off bigger, bigger feats than that. Don't brag about that to our yeah. audience. <laughs> what, what are you doing? doing? You are adjusting to a new medication. There's kids out there. It's an honest Friday. What do you want me to do? The last voluntary reaction we had, I was smashed. (laughs) I was going to say one of our callers was. We we had an incident. Who was that? It was uh, Spotlight Eddie and the boys over in Cell Block C. (laughs) Oh, God. The after Kentucky one got kind of weird. Then the lady said, what was it she said? Who was that? It was Steve's wife or Pete's wife. 
what are you talking about right now? The voluntary reaction where she got on there and said the Kentucky Tennessee oh, yeah. rivalry started with with with, with uh, Willie, Willie Kemp. Kemp. And <laughs> that that was bizarre too. But I was talking about uh, Spotlight Eddie, per, perhaps admitting to a felony on air, which was was never confirmed. It, first of all, but Eddie, uh, Eddie is one of my internet friends. I could, I'll vouch for him. He was not he was not drunk that night. Prison stories with Spotlight Eddie always a highlight of the voluntary reaction. He paid his debt. Tennessee sixth on uh, Ken Palm, which Bear no longer regards or holds in high regard anyway. Thirteenth in adjusted offensive efficiency, fifth. And I need to get that defensive number up. I feel like fifth is like. What does it say about what Rick Barnes has done here? <laughs> we're like fifth, and we're like, I don't know. Only six in the country. Yeah, but we're slipping a, a little what bit. Is this a two seed? God. But if we were at number two or number one, where we have been in. in very recent history, would we be sitting at 13th in offense? Because uh, you can't win in the tournament without offense. You just can't. I mean, we've, we've sat and watched all these great defensive teams he's had, and we've gotten – comes down to it, you got to score points. What's the combined highest for a national championship team? Do you happen to know? I'm sure that's printed somewhere. Like, was anyone ever top five in both? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, where's Jordan Moore when you need him? But I think his beep, number beep, is ba- – like. The last 20 well, national champions sunk. have all been top 20 in both. I wonder how high that Alabama – or Alabama. The Kentucky team that came – they got beat by Wisconsin. I wonder what that team was. 39 – what were they, 39-1? Yeah, or 38-1, something like that. Somebody reposted the video from some Lexington bar. Remember the last play where they thought they won? <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Kentucky fans laid on the ground crying, Russ. So Vir- Virginia in 2019 was two on offense, five on defense. Wow. Gr- grand total of seven, average of obviously 3.5. They were two on offense? That's what this says. In efficiency. So they're not yeah. necessarily scoring, but they're very efficient That's, when they have the ball. Yeah. That was going to be the team, team that – was that the year that uh, Sister Jean and Loyola bounced us? Was that the gra- – the, Was that 19? That we would have ended up playing them. Believe so. That'd have been a heavyweight fight. Or was nine? No, it was nineteen the Purdue year? Nineteen was Purdue. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. They were good. But if we had beaten Purdue, we would have played them next, right? Virginia, yeah, yeah. Because so that game, that game foul, went to overtime, overtime, overtime. What yeah. is that ranking most painful? Like the Purdue Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, it's there, man. It is up there. I think that might be number one for me. It's the Mike Tyson punch to the, you know. Well, just you had it, you had it one, and then this a phantom whistle on a booty bump foul on, you know, Carson Edwards. We actually got pretty lucky that Kid he Bruce missed Lee the free throw. It's, it's just, I mean, losing to Michigan State, like, hurt. but <laughs> That hurt, but I that team, I never thought that team would make it that well, far. But oh, I just I remember beating Ohio there. State in the Sweet 16 that yeah. year, and that was like – I mean, like that felt lucky in a way. Oh, like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was so hard. Like JP Prince blocking Evan Turner's shot at the end there is improbable. Like, you know, they, you could almost see them calling a foul on that. They didn't. And um, it just goes to show, man, this, after, after the first round, the NCAA tournament, I mean, you might as well throw the seats out the window. Yeah. It's all. So I'm going. Ba- I'm going yeah. back and looking, Russ. 
in 2008, Kansas had the second best and most efficient offense in the country. They were number one in defense. Grand was the year they beat Memphis. Grand total, three. Yeah, but they were lucky to beat Memphis just because Memphis yeah. couldn't shoot yeah. free throws. Uh, Cody says uh, Sister Jean uh, was in 2018. Yeah. He said, I remember it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where we were going there, why we were going there. Let's no, go he, somewhere else. He would know. Because Big Mac's on the expert. West Coast. He's still tuned in to his favorite show on Fan Run. He's getting ready for a big night on the town. It's only 2.45 where he's at. He's L.A. Cody, lunch, yeah. yeah. He's probably just rolling out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been, from what I, he's, he's been getting up and hitting it. It's a new and improved Cody. Gary is next. Good afternoon, Gary. Noon, gentlemen. Happy weekend almost to you guys. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, um, if you could only watch one thing this weekend, are you more excited about Tennessee and Texas A&M basketball or yep. or the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, basketball. basketball. Not even close. Man. Okay, That's good. Me. We're I, all mean, the, I, I know we live in a bubble here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's an emotion. There's no emotional involvement for me in the Super Bowl. and It's just become such a spectacle. Like, it's – uh, you know, I don't want to get up on the porch here last thing before the week, but I mean, it, it kind of jumped the shark a while ago to me. And, uh, I, you know, if, if the Titans are ever in it, I'm, I'm sure I'll be all oh, in and yeah. everything. But, um, I mean, just, the what do we got? Reba singing the anthem, you know, people betting on how long the anthem is going to last. And then you got like a half hour long halftime uh, show, halftime show now that tears up the field and everything. And it's just. For me, a little it, much. For me, it peaks, uh, Gary, it, it, in a, last weekend, NFC, AFC Championship weekend. Like, my favorite weekend is the weekend before that, divisionals. So, yeah, the, I agree. Feel like the weekend because before that is, is when you got eight teams rush. left. That weekend where you got eight teams left and four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, that's the best weekend of NFL football of the year right there. Well, the, the commercials got so try-hard. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I used to like the commercials, and now it's just the one about, was it for Prime? Yeah. They've already shown Patrick it with Stewart. Patrick Stewart and Tua. <laughs> Have you seen that? I don't know. We only had something shaped like a football. Was pretty good. Yeah, Guys, uh, we are one week away. We are one week away from uh, uh, Tennessee baseball. Which I'm I more excited fun. about that than the Super Bowl. Me too. I, me too. Me too, Russ. I am, uh, and I mean, doesn't Drew Bean have to roll out there next Friday night and, and throw the first pitch? He's got to. It's got to be Drew Bean. But then I wonder who who they will give the ball to on Saturday and Sunday. Well, A.J. Russell's going to get it once. Yeah. And then – For sure. Yep. Logan seemed like uh, – who is it Logan was telling us, Russ, that like they were pretty settled on? I, I don't think they are settled on a third guy. I mean, I, I think some of that might – Whoever's going to jump up and grab it? Yeah, they've got a, a series this weekend where they'll they'll pitch their best pitchers against their best hitters. What they think the the lineup is going to be. But um, AJ Causey is a guy they got out of the transfer portal that could start there. If Andrew Seacrest has been Xander Seacrest, excuse me, has been the you know midweek starter for them the past couple of years. Lefty, I kind of like him, and then. The one guy I'm real interested to see is true freshman Derek Schaefer. 
who who they love and you know it's kind of it's kind of hard to throw a true freshman out there but if you're a true freshman being talked about to start be a weekend starter on on this team then you must be pretty good yeah yeah you guys expect there us to be uh get back to gorilla ball as far as our batting got more offense this year that's what people are saying saying offensively it's us and a&m and if the pitching can catch up we're gonna be nasty make it nasty well, I'm looking forward to some baseball. So, uh, Russ, you going to have a coach on next week sometime to talk about baseball? Yeah, yeah. We'll run down Tony and get up with him and preview the season and all that stuff. And I'm sure he'll be joining us periodically throughout the season. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Go Vols. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. So, when are we going to get the uh, updated, you know, roster and – Lineup for baseball. Yeah, when, when do you think that is this going to go down to the final hour as far as determining where he slots some people? We think. Oh, well, probably. And it's going to yeah. be a work in progress, don't you think, Russell? Yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm just saying at least for game one. I'm really interested to see what the lineup is. I think they're going to hit Dylan Dryling leadoff, hmm. and and from there, who knows? I mean, I, it's like where do you put Blake Burke? You know, I mean, this time last year he was just chiseled in stone he's he's in the three hole and then he went into a slump and it's like do you, do you go back there with him do you put that pressure on him do you put him you know in the middle you know four five six something like that and try and take some of that pressure off of him or where does amic hit um i think there's a lot of interesting questions who's going to be dh mm. Wonder if that's a rotating DH this year from time to time. I could see platoon, you yeah. know, right-handers mm. and lefties. Or d- does somebody just go in and, and grab that yeah, one? Yeah, that's a good point. Too. They've got yeah. a, a guy who's a, I believe a JUCO transfer, Robin Villanueva. Mm. What a great baseball name, right? Absolutely. Is that the guy? One of the guys we saw up at Smokies? I don't, I don't know if he was up there back then, but um, I'm hearing really good things about him and first baseman DH. Maybe you, even left field. I know you've told me like three times. Who was the kid that we were impressed with? I, I can't remember. Antigua. Who? No, not Antigua. The the really big guy who's a pitcher and a power hitter. Marcus Phillips. Marcus Phillips. I'll tell you what, they're impressed by him too. Um, it was either Blake Burke or A.J. Russell referred to his stuff as gross in a press conference. So that's – it's a good well, yeah, thing. Good now. But they, we're not going to pitch him? No, he's going to be a pitcher. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like one of these, like he's 6'4". That's what you know, said. Two, he's said. He's not going to, yeah. And and he murders the ball, hitting. Yeah. He'll, he'll, pitch before he, he'll pitch before he hits. That was the question I had. Like on days where he's not pitching, is, is he going to be our DH if he can murder the ball like that? I don't think so. I, I just think they've. They're, they're, they're pretty deep. Remind me last year when Caglione would pitch for Florida, would he bat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would when he would pitch? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, he would I, thought, I thought so. I just wasn't, wasn't 100% sure. Didn't uh, big boy Roy from LSU? Skeens? Yeah. No. No, he didn't hit. I thought he hit. No, not last year. He, he hit. I think he hit at Air did. Force. Oh, no, he, he hit at Air Force. Yeah. He, he bashed at Air Force. Who was the kid? The kid from Clemson. That they moved to, yeah. remember, and that I yeah, think he, that cost him the game when they pulled that. Yeah, out, out coached himself. Well, that was a lot of fun. Wasn't, I'm really because wasn't Skeens also a catcher at Air Force? Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. 
which is because we were going to bring here as a catcher, right? <laughs> initially, no, initially, the, yeah, but then it was the like, oh, Skeens was. I think he wanted to be promised Friday night starter mm-hmm. status, and we had no lander, and yeah, couldn't make that, that promise. Even though we maybe should have. And LSU is, uh, you know, to their credit, they probably. This, this hurts me to say, but they probably take baseball a little bit more seriously than we do down there. Hopefully, that changes. They might take it more seriously than just about anybody. Yeah, they live for it down there. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's we aren't that far behind. No, no. Well, we're still catching up though. I mean, they had the Skip Bertman years, I mean, uh, bro. We were talking baseball on the drive in the middle of football season, and we were having. Yeah, but they, they've been doing that down there for thirty years. Yeah. So I'm just saying we're 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 on the we're on the come up. Tucker, great work, man. Appreciate you. Back in the old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, you have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Houston. You're very welcome. Thank you, Russ. Bear, we're gonna call you an Uber. Wanna thank the folks out here at Volunteer Auto Group for having us out. Check them out online, folks. Volauto.com. They're at fifteen oh one Callahan Drive, and we're looking forward to being out here uh for the rest of the year, man. It's a great place out here and looking forward to having a great relationship with them uh, throughout baseball season and on into the much-anticipated 2024 football season. Everybody have a great weekend. Don't forget, voluntary reaction as soon as we are done with basketball tomorrow night. Overtime headed your way next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. White Claw delivers a wave of pure refreshment and a variety of flavors.